great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. Sir. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of rams brothers i'm your host dean and i'm joined as always by my brother and the other great host of this show nick and nick you're a fan of a 10-win team you're a fan of a team that was retooling was rebuilding, was doing everything in the offseason that seemed the opposite of productive to the outside media, but to us, to the true fans, this is business. This is exactly what they meant to do. But first and most importantly, Nick, how are you? I am so good right now. I mean, it, I feel like I'm in a parallel universe where Carson Wentz is the one to snap the regular season losing streak against the 49ers as a Rams starting quarterback. Um, before we get started, Obviously, like and subscribe, but I want to give Dean his flowers because if you have been watching this show from the beginning of this season, Dean was right about this team and where they should be the entire season long. He said, I think that they should be good enough to sneak into the playoffs. I think I think they get there and they make some noise. And I was completely pessimistic going off of last season. So shout out to my brother, Dean. It was a good season. I don't want to accept flowers. It was the kind of season, seriously, though, because why would I be like pounding my chest over like a, a solid prediction? I made that prediction just based off of some of the sound bites that Sean McVay and Les Need and everything that was coming out of camp, the way that Aaron Donald was, was overly optimistic when he got onto the podium, the way that Matthew Stafford had a look in his eye during the Super Bowl from last season and reports came out in February that Sean and Matthew Stafford were excited and ready to go for the season. And when all of these pieces come together, you actually can't conceptualize it being this good. You can't conceptualize a player like Carson Wentz coming into the building and having a, you know, somewhat of a career rejuvenation in this game and, you know, having 16 rushes and being the Rams leading rusher and really putting together a solid game plan behind Michael Floor, who was calling plays and Sean McVay was calling the money plays in terms of fourth down and red zone. What was the stat you sent uh, me and our dad? Like uh, first... A rushing quarterback for the Rams to rush over like 11 attempts since. I'm so glad you brought this up because the stat was 13 rush attempts today, which is the most by a Rams quarterback since 1950. So I went back, I looked at Norm Van Brocklin, I looked at Bob Waterfield in 1950, and I didn't see one of them have 15 rushes in a game in 1950. They're playing the New York Yanks and the Detroit Lions and all these other teams that it's just like the 1950s, a completely different world. I went back and tried to look at the stat. I couldn't find it. So Carson Wentz, to me, is the sole owner of that record. But like the game plan was so fascinating, Nick, because we saw Jordan came out um, as the game uh, concluded. And, and this tweet I thought was so interesting. Sean McVay said that with so much altered about their usual operation today, including the quarterback going off of the wristband. So Carson Wentz, they probably went back to a lot of his normal tendencies to make him more comfortable in the pocket. But and not wanting to show a ton. So that was another big thing. Is like if these two two teams see each other, Mike LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are obviously all in the same close circle. So there was some concern about how this game was going to be called. 
But offense coordinator Michael Floor called the entire game. And Sean McVay was beaming with excitement after the game, talking about the job that Michael Floor did. McVay still called all the go decisions on fourth down, maybe not even the red zone calls, but it seems like those two putting their minds together was another part of that offseason prediction. It was like you're bringing in the right offensive coordinator to overhaul yeah. the run game, to be able to make your quarterback more comfortable, to be able to better protect him. And in so you were able to come away with a 10 win season and you were able to, to win five of six games in the division. Overwhelmingly impressive by this front office, by this coaching staff, by this entire roster. So overachieved check mark off of every single box. Don't care if my prediction was right or not. This is a good football team. And next weekend against the Detroit Lions is going to be the most fun football game that anybody could dream of. Five and one in the division. Um, you, you come away beating San Francisco and it's like, yeah, they rested a bunch of people, but Hey, so did we like, it's yeah. not like we were out there with Stafford and, and we won that game 21 to 20. We won it with Carson Wentz. Like that is a feat, a quarterback that wasn't even in the league. We called him up from his hunting quarters or wherever, like Kingdom Crumb, wherever he was. And he gets on the field and he plays an amazing game. And shout out to LaFleur for having a lot of those designed runs. Yeah. I actually took Carson Wentz anytime touchdown scorer because I know I've seen a lot of Carson Wentz footage and I felt like they were going to give him an opportunity to run that ball in. And whether it was a busted play or not, he figured his, he got his way into the end zone. And you end up winning that game 21 to 20. And you walk away from the from the season as a whole, being able to rest starters at the end of the season because you know you're getting into the playoffs. But even with the starters rested, you have an opportunity to clinch either the sixth or the seventh yeah. seed with the win. Yeah. And you clinch the sixth seed with your backups. You're like <laughs> it's hard not to be very much. Just flying high yeah. right now on on how the Rams did this season, and I feel really great. I I know you do too, and I hope all the fans listening also feel the same way because it's you know rah rah right now. Rams it's and Puka Nakua broke the records. Like let's Puka go. Yeah, these I think these are the two pictures that are most emblematic of the final game of the season, but also the whole season holistically, right? Like because the Rams had a really great game plan for Carson. It was seventeen to twenty four, one hundred and sixty three yards, two touchdowns, a pick on a tipped pass. That shouldn't yeah. have been intercepted. Not really and his fault. He, he threw it a little too hard. He had yeah. a little too much mustard on it, which, you know, but still, I mean, really, like that it's going to go down as a Wentz interception, but at the end of the day, really. Yeah. yeah. But it's not, you know, ball tipped at the line of scrimmage. He tends to throw the ball a little bit too hard. You know, it's just, you know, he's getting back into the swing of things. It's been almost a full calendar year um, for him to go back and start a football game. So I have 17 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown, the t rushing touchdown, the 12 yard rushing touchdown up the middle with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, really smart game plan by Mike LaFleur to be able to use Carson Wentz, not only in the RPO a little bit, but like we mentioned, to use some of those natural instincts to extend plays and pick up conversions easily. So they were three of three in the red zone. They were three of four on first down a lot, a lot of credit to Carson Wentz. I thought he made some really great throws. Like, uh, in terms of that fourth and two earlier on in the game, the Davis Allen, they, I thought they had an immediate connection in the throw on the go route to Puka Nakua for the touchdown, the long third down conversion to Bryson Hopkins, and then the longest reception of the year for Bryson Hopkins, and then the touchdown pass to Tyler Johnson. It was Carson Wentz's show. And then Puka Nakua, man, <laughs> gives the touchdown ball to his mom, but or the, the record-breaking football to his mom sets the single-season rookie receiving record uh, and receptions record. It's, he's an unbelievable player. We had this Puka Nakua, Bill Groman watch going on all season long. <laughs> he finally broke it 
finally went over uh, 14,073 yards. Puganakua on the season ends with 14,086 yards. <laughs> the, the video of McVeigh too, where he's like, good, got it. Get the ball, get him out, get him out. Like, get him the hell out of there. Like, he did it. All right, good. So you're able to go into that game, obviously wanting to achieve that. You have Fred Ward saying, we're not going to make it easy. You know, we, we don't we don't like these guys. We don't want them to break that record. So you yeah. go in there into San Francisco. You win the game, and then Puka gets both of the records, and he's done in the third quarter. And then Wentz ends up running it in, getting the go-ahead, and then going for two because the kicker is such a problem, getting the two-point conversion for the win, and you win the game. Like, it's – you could not have scripted it better, truly. This is what the team is now. Like, I, I was thinking that, too. Like, you couldn't have scripted it any better, one. But, two, it's like you started the season three and six. You were scoring 20 points a game. You were allowed – or driving the ball down the field – not as well as you are in this in this next seven games. You're 335 total yards per game versus 403. That's the difference in points per game. 29. You went seven and one in your last eight games of the season. It's it's it just feels like schematically everything started to come together at the right time. I felt like the backup quarterback position once that was filled. Although there are still special teams issues, the offense was truly finally able to do what we were sold that they were going to do in the beginning of the season, which is carry the weight of the defense. But also, like, I need to give a ton of credit to the defense in this game because the final four possessions for the San Francisco 49ers was punt, 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 fumble. Like, I mean, Russ Yeast being the leading tackler and Kobe Turner with the ball in his hands, like forcing fumbles and trying to break Aaron Donald's all-time sack record and Byron Young showing flashes of Leonard Little from Tennessee. Like, this – it's not only the offense doing their part. It's also Raheem Morris who's going to eventually get a head coaching job. But I think the full picture, and Jordan's been talking about this this whole season being a full circle, it coming full circle all the way from the, the beginning of training camp, it feels like we finally landed the plane. And now we're going to go into Detroit, which everybody is is presumably saying is going to be the most exciting wildcard game, maybe in the history of wildcard football games. Yeah, I mean – it does make the end of that Dallas Lions game even a little fishier than it already was because it yeah. felt like the NFL was like, we got to make sure that Stafford goes back to Detroit. But either way, I mean, you could, you really couldn't have scripted it better to have Goff go up against his former team, go up against McVay, who sent him off, and Stafford to finally have a playoff game in Detroit. I mean, it's it's beautiful. But, yeah, I mean, who would have thought in 2024 – that Carson Wentz at the end of the day gets a game ball for the Los <laughs> Angeles Rams. I mean, I'm saying Stenson Ben Ware, Brett Rip when Carson Wentz, that's who. So watching Carson Wentz, tell me if I'm wrong, but I felt like I was watching Baker Mayfield. I felt like I was watching. You're so, wrong. <laughs> the one thing that I, I truly felt I about even Carson a little Wentz, better to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I mean, well, he's he's a higher. Well, no, he wasn't a higher draft pick. Um, but I mean, I feel like he's he showed better flashes of greatness throughout his career. Carson Wentz is a, he's a more athletic player. He can make more things happen with his legs, as we saw in this game. But like Carson Wentz is a father. Like he was he was hunting for sport. I mean, like he he is just okay. like just like Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure if Baker Mayfield has any kids, but he was fighting for a job. Like you're fighting for your career. 
And what we saw with the comparables between Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz in this game was these guys are going to claw until the very end. And they want to put another win on their resume and they want to put more film out there for the rest of the league so that they can go out and get another starting job. Right. Carson Wentz is a highly competitive person to the point where he was, I don't know, maybe a little in his feelings after that Eagles team won the Super Bowl in 2017. So it's it, like this is a full circle. Even Carson Wentz to this point in his career to come all the way back here to lead the Rams against the 49ers who haven't beaten them in nine consecutive regular season games to be able to do that. I thought was as impressive as a backup quarterback has been in the Rams system with John McVay. I, I couldn't agree more. Carson Wentz goes 4-0 in his career against San Francisco and does well enough to where he will have a job next season and has yeah, shown right. over the course of his progression that, like, over the season that he can be a viable backup. Like, he's not going to make too much noise in the locker room. I doubt under, a, you know, a different regime that's not a McVay regime that he performs as well as he did today. But still... I, I mean, I want to bring him back. So do I. He so he I. may have done too well today, especially <laughs> with that touchdown pass. I think it was to Tutu. Um, yeah. The one that yeah. was really not called a touchdown where he got him in the back shoulder and he hit the ground shoulder first. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I want him to be a Ram next year. I, I want him back in horns. And I, 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 I'm worried, much like a lot of people under McVay, you know, he's too good to stay. I mean, coming out of our last episode, was that really a concern? Like, that is a champagne problem. Right. You know? It kind of is, especially coming from me, who is like, I think he's more similar to Brett Rippon than he's he is. More, he's more Brett Rippon than he is Baker Mayfield. Yikes. <laughs> Not even, though, because what were you supposed to? Nobody expected this from Carson Wentz. Nobody expected this from the Rams. Like, that's why this season has been so much fun. Like if I, I, I truly feel guilty, then I think that's kind of the point of the podcast was like, let's try to hype up Rams fans. This season is not going to be as terrible as you think it's going to be. They are not going to be tanking for the first overall pick. Like right. They are going to be, they're going to be decent and they're going to be good enough to win games later on in the season. And I, I, I just think that it's all I totally out. understand a Rams fan, maybe less savvy than you or I, who post Dallas loss, where they oh, lost yeah. by like, I don't know. They, I think it was like forty ish. It was and, yeah. It was it was that game, but it was Green Bay for me. But go ahead. To what you right, were saying. but it was Dallas. It, it was post Dallas loss where they lose by like a crap ton, and then they call a play that gets Stafford injured, a Philly special. So he lands on his thumb to make this diving two point attempt catch, and you think like, what are we even doing? Yep. And then to have a full turnaround in season with the people in the building, that's why I think it's so special. It's because they didn't go out and, and get anybody else to bring in. They they saw the people in the like in the facility and were like, we have what we need right here, and we're not going to go out and get anybody else, and we're going to worry about our future later, and we're going to bring a winning season to this 3-6 and six team post-buy. And they absolutely did that. And it's just – I mean, yeah, post – Post Green Bay game as well, when yeah. you start Brett Rippon, who was practice squad hero, who was one of the worst quarterback performances I've ever seen um, a full game of. And to be where we are now, yeah, it is remarkable and it is an amazing feeling. It is an amazing feeling. This is what we're looking at in terms of the playoffs. So we obviously we have the Detroit Lions. We've locked in the sixth seed. If the Green Bay Packers would have said so they did win the game, but if we would have lost the game, 
against the San Francisco 49ers, then we would have had to sacrifice the sixth seed. and would have had to have gone to Dallas in the seventh seed. Um, and I think that's obviously the more difficult matchup. But the Detroit Lions are a little bit banged up in this game too. Like coming out of the game that they just played, Sam Laporta banged up with an injury. You're probably not going to see him in the wild card round. It's a knee injury, so swelling has to go down. They'll reevaluate it tomorrow morning. But just an FYI, I wouldn't expect Sam Laporta to be playing in this game. Brian Branch, a little bit banged up. Uh, I think he came out of the game for a little bit. Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown left the game for a little bit with a rim injury. So it's definitely going to be a really fun preview. And I think that the Rams are going to be able to bring everything to this game in terms of health, in terms of strategy, in terms of scheme. And it's you're going head-to-head against Jared Goff. Um, I think a lot of Rams fans are going to be excited about the opportunity to, to be able to get to Jared Goff, rattle him a little bit, maybe yeah. get a couple of interceptions and, and walk out of Detroit with a victory. But Nick, think, like, it's going to be I, tough. I mean, I, there are going to be a lot of Rams fans that are going to be foaming at the mouth to face Jared because I know a lot of them are like, you know, I can't miss you if you don't leave as opposed to grateful for what he did to the organization. Um, and, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm more than worried uh, than uh, – about the special teams more than anything else, because I think that this game has shootout written all over it. And I worry in a shootout that it's going to come down to our kicker to tie the game in the fourth quarter. And yeah, Brett Maher, you know, shanks it wide left on a 32 yard attempt <laughs> to not go into overtime. Um, yeah. But still I like, yeah, it's going to be fireworks exciting. I, you know, the, the line opened at Rams plus 3.5. And I kind of want to take that before it gets even lower because as you should, yeah, as you should. And that's, you know, kind of the, the special teams when you want to like try to move away from your concern and you're like, "Eh, I try to just ignore the inevitable of this could lose us a playoff game. I just want to throw this in here. The Rams have missed a league high 16 combined extra points and field goals this season, 16 extra points and field goals. That's like, what's one per game. (laughs) It's <laughs> tough, man. I mean, like, they when waved. you start the season signing the guy who lost his touch, lost his mojo, Austin Powers style, you know, <laughs> taken from him in the past and missing extra points in Dallas at home – or, no, sorry, in Tampa. Uh, like, what did you expect? Honestly, what did you expect? You got to go visit. You got to go visit number two in a porta potty or in a bathroom stall and try to get the mojo back. You got to try to find what you can, man. Mini Mini Me's got it, and he's he's in space and in the big boy spaceship. (laughs) What the hell that is? Yeah, yeah, it's Lucas Haverasik. Like he when he missed those two extra points last week, and then we brought back Brad Ma or Brett Maher. Um, he missed six field goals and one point extra point after attempt in seven games earlier this season. So did they really think like bringing him back would, would be best case scenario? I can't, and, I can't hey, imagine he doesn't have to go into Dallas. But yeah, it's just I mean, like that, yeah. you you had fired this man. You bring in his replacement. His his replacement sucks. But Maher's resume on the Rams wasn't good enough to bring back the person that you previously fired. It's remarkable that they. <laughs> Still have faith in him. I want him off the team now, and I want to literally have tryouts from XFL teams right now, like in the night of California. Call them up because if you're serious, if serious about winning this Detroit Lions game, you're not having Brett Maher as your kicker. I entirely agree. 
you should have open tryouts. You could have any player that lives in the Los Angeles area, Los Angeles County, really anybody from the entire state of California. If you want to come down to Southern California, go to the Manhattan Beach location where they where they go and the have trip. meetings. Yeah, go to the West Rift and go kick some field goals on the golf course. Like let's let's test it out. Like let's get an actual meeting going and try to bring in a player maybe from the XFL. I think there's a, a guy. Um, Luis, something that played for one of the, the Texas teams, one of the Houston teams, maybe. The kid um, from the St. Louis Battlehawks was like drilling them all season. I don't know how he yeah, hasn't gotten kid. a call from any team. I know. It's so strange. I feel like there's there's more kickers on Instagram than there are right. available in the league, which is the sell of Instagram, right? It's the, the damages that Instagram can place in your brain. No, um, I think it's it's the kicking was special teams. Ethan Evans. Why can't Ethan Evans do it? Like Ethan Evans would be the first person in line for those tryouts for me. I'd be like, let's this kid kicks the ball 68 yards off of a tee to kick it off every single time. Let's let him knock through some extra points. Probably kicks it straight through the middle every time. How about uh, I, I just typed in old Colts kicker with glasses. Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> He's terrible. Like, I just Google that in a second. Like I should not be I should not be doing the jobs of the Rams front <laughs> office right now. But seriously, no. anybody. He is terrible. No, I He's know. better than Maher. He, he looks better. He looks like he has your glasses on when he kicks. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I know. I I know the glasses are not a good look on YouTube because it just reflects the script back at me. <laughs> it's not that still. bad. It's not bad. Oh, the Rams ended this game with Michael Hoyt throwing up the LA sign, and now we know that the Rams are officially playoff bound. So, Nick, you said this game opened what three and a half. The Rams are Rams plus 3.5, yes. Rams plus 3.5 with the faces of this team being Aaron Donald. So tell me if, if you thought that this was going to be correct before the okay. season started. These are the six faces of the Rams. And the three weight-bearing walls are, walls are obvious. But did you expect Ernest Jones, Karen Williams, and Puka Nakua to be the three other faces outside of the three weight-bearing walls? You know what? I'm gonna, I'm, I might be a little controversial here, but I think Kobe Turner should be on there 100%. Yeah. I agree. You should be in that. In that, you go three defender. But then, which offensive player do you take off? Do you take off Coop? Who's in the back? Who's the captain in the very back? Ernest Jones. Or I would take off Ernest Jones. You can't take off Ernest Jones mm-hmm. for Kobe Turner. I think you can. Maybe, maybe you could. Yeah, but I, that's. I, I'm so excited about this. It doesn't game. have to be six. Just make it. You know, make it seven. <laughs> make it seven. You could make right. it. And there's no mandate that it must be six. <laughs> there's no. I, I think Kobe Turner earned his spot on that poster, but I mean, it's no it's official mandate. No, yeah, it's it's um, it's I can't wait for this game. I think every NFL fan uh, throughout the league have Lions haven't been. So when's the last time that the Lions won a playoff game? Has it been since 1993? Because I know that they I think were in the they playoff. haven't hosted one since like '94. Yeah, yeah, haven't hosted since I was game. around in this earth. They I have not seen the Lions host a playoff game. Yeah, I'm pretty interested to see their playoff wins. Let's see if we could pull it up real quick. Yeah. They haven't won a championship since 1957. Right. Unfortunately. Pre-Super Bowl. This is the first so, time they won their division because the last time they won, they were it was NFC Central. Yeah. That's so, yeah, insane. So 2016, they lost in the wild card round. They were 9-7. 2014, they lost in the wild card round, which was Matthew Stafford. They were 11-5, one of the better teams they ever were. Um, 2011, they were 10 and six. They lost in the wild card round, dude. <laughs> I know it's, a lot. It, it must be horrible. It's why I like. Been, 
I'm, I, like, I'm very sorry for Lions fans because the Rams are the hottest team entering the <laughs> NFC playoffs. And if there right were now, if, at least in the wild card were, spots, if there were any fans that we would want to be friends with and get along with, it would be Lions fans. But like, I'm going to continue to read this. 1999. So I I read off three wild card losses: 2016, 2014, and 2011. 1999, they lost the wild card round. They were eight and eight. 1997, they were nine and seven. They lost the wild card round. 1995, they were 10 and six. They lost the wild card round. 94, 97, lost the wild card round. 93, yeah. 10 and six, lost the wild card round. They haven't, they lost the did conference they host championship. Any of their- I don't even, I don't know. I don't think that they did. I think in 1991, they lost the conference championship. They were 12 and four, and that was probably the last playoff game that they hosted. Right. So, yeah, before I was ever born, before I existed on planet Earth, they have not. And we have seen two Super Bowls since I've existed. I That is just horrible. I feel very, very bad for them. I feel terrible. And, and also, Lions, but, go ahead. What were you going to say? Rams-Lions was like one of the – I think that was your first SoFi game ever, right? In, it was. During no. the, yeah, it was. Yeah, during the Super Bowl season of 2021. Yep. Dean went to the Rams-Lions game with me. And it was a Jalen Ramsey interception. Nick asked yeah. his girlfriend, who is now his fiance, to be his girlfriend in the Correct. third quarter. I did. I did do that. <laughs> um, but that's not what I'm bringing up. But the Lions fans at that game were the nicest and, unfortunately, saddest fans I've ever yeah. Yeah. of an NFL team. And I, I've always wished them the best because I've always weirdly rooted for uh, Stafford on the Lions way before this Rams trade because they were always like a frisky, fun team. Yeah. Um, How could you not? Yeah, it's just it's just a bummer that that's the history. And now they have, you know, my favorite quarterback ever, Jared Goff, going up against my second favorite quarterback ever, Matthew Stafford. And it's just going to be a ridiculous, fun wild card round. And I, I wish them the best, but I also – I hope that they lose. I'm sorry. The Lions, right? You hope the Lions yes, lose. Yes, of course. Yeah. Of, course okay. of course I'm rooting for the Rams. Like I probably should say that. I am rooting for the Rams. However, if the Rams lose, I will therefore. It, it may be the least painful Lions. playoff loss in the history of football. I would say that. Yeah. Yes. For, yeah. for us. If they lose, it will be one. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's part of history if they lose because that's just, it's unfortunately what the Lions do in the wild card round. Hey, we're we're gonna talk again. We got another episode in a couple days. We're gonna be previewing the Lions. That's gonna be a really fun episode. Maybe we'll do a, a couple of different new things, try and spice it up a little bit. Final. And we have um, Nick's playoff picks. Yeah, from the picks. So we have more theme songs coming because I know they they've been gone for they've been you know hibernating for a little bit. So those will come back. Let's go. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, I think that you guys are. Comment, like, subscribe. Let us know what you're thinking. Feedback is always good, and it increases the reach. Um, we, we really, really appreciate you guys listening, commenting, being a part of this entire season, being a part of social media. It's, it's just so much fun. We love Rams fans, and we want to just continue to grow the community. So go Rams. Make sure that you guys are. Liked and subscribed. We love you guys. Go Rams. One of my favorite things in the world is being able to do this with my brother, my best friend. And I appreciate all you guys who listen and enjoy it. And yeah, you know, smash the like button or subscribe or whatever. But just thanks for coming around and listening to us. 
Uh, yeah, Dean, we're going to the playoffs. <laughs> should we I get? Should that. we go to Detroit? Maybe. I'm not I'm, opposed. I would I totally. Kinda... If it's Saturday, I maybe like like legitimately maybe. Let's talk about it. We might have to spend uh, $8,000 for a playoff ticket considering Detroit is probably going to box oh, us out of Charles Barkley, but that's all right. We'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it throughout the week. Maybe we make a trek up to Detroit. That'd be a hell of a lot of fun. Rams fans, we love you guys. Talk to you guys soon. Go Rams. Peace.